This is from Justin McCain, a podcast where Mike Robertson and Bob LaRue watch one critically acclaimed film and one terrible film and talk about how they are the same. Welcome, everybody, um, to this episode of From Justin to Kane. I always want to say Kelly. Well, of course. And I always want to say Citizen <laughs> Justin. <laughs> but, no, but me, I want to just say the actual name of the film, and you want to say not the right name of the film. Yes. Interesting. I like how you tried to like get on my side, and then you kind of... I just abandoned it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, welcome to From Justin to Kane, the only podcast with the names of the movie Citizen Kane and From Justin to Kelly that we mashed know up of. in the title that we know of. So yeah, and this episode's a doozy because I think there's going to be some controversy with the Kaneys. a hundred percent. Because um, Mike and I, late last year, aka about six weeks ago, uh huh, um, we went to a film that we thought was going to be just awful. No, no, no. It wasn't late last year. It was early this year because we watched it on January 1st. We went on New Year's Day? We went on New Year's Day. What? We did a double feature. We watched this on film. On New Year's Day? Yeah. It was the first oh, one I'm of the sorry. first. It was the first movie I saw this year. It came out this on This decade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, then we saw Little Women, which is great. Yeah, then we saw Little Women after. But we watched Cats. Yeah. We'll just say it. Cats. Cats. 2019. Um, oh, I'm so, uh, well, 2020 for us. For us, January yeah. 1st, 2020, we did a double feature. We saw Cats and Little Women. And you're probably thinking, oh, so Cats is the bad film. Little Women is the good film? Wrong. Yeah. Little Women has nothing to do yeah. with this episode. It's so a red herring. Off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Search for Ronin. Nuh-uh, not today. Great film, though. I it was good. It. I really loved yeah, it. It's a good, good adaptation, too, I think. That one and the original one are both really good. Mm-hmm. And everything in between, I could uh, take it or leave it. Yeah. That's neither here nor there, because we're talking about cats. And we're Mike, talking about cats. What's the other uh, film? So the other bad movie, or the bad <laughs> movie, I won't spoil it. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, so Cats is the good film. Yes. Cats is the film we're saying, because... We'll get into it after, but okay. So Cats is the good film. What's the bad film? The bad film is Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah. Or a Star Wars Christmas Special? No, I think it's Holiday Special. It's the Star Wars Holiday Special. Also, that's pre-everyone realizing that saying Christmas is actually alienating to a lot of people. Yeah. It Um, was woke. That's 77. Yeah, it came out in 70. No, it came out in 78. Oh, the year after. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, Cats 2019 yeah. and Star Wars Holiday Special 1978. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the two films we're comparing. And we are making the bold assertion that Cats is the good movie and Star Wars Holiday Special is the bad movie, which maybe, people won't disagree with on the Star Wars one. Yeah, we should. Um, let's explain why we think the Cats film is good. Okay. Um, why? Uh, so Mike and I went in and we're like, man, this is going to be a fucking train wreck. Yeah, we were expecting it to Can't suck wait. so bad. And the weird thing is it's a wonderful adaptation of the extremely popular Tony Award winning uh, seen by many millions of people stage musical cats. Yeah. It's just a good translation. I, I don't understand. If you hate the film, you hate the fucking musical. Yeah, the stage musical because it's the same thing. Just yeah, 
just in higher resolution than if you saw it live. I just don't understand. Yeah. And everyone's got beef with the animation or whatever. But I would argue there are a lot of films with bad special effects that are incredible. Terminator, there's some bad special effects in that movie. People love it. So that's not a valid excuse. I would even say Infinity War. That's got some good special effects. I don't think it's a good movie. Yeah, good. So I was wondering where you're going with that people one. Love, I but was that, people love that movie. Yeah, they do so, love Infinity so that, War. We would never talk about it because like a more than I wouldn't finite want war. to. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's like bad to me. But the special effects are cool. Like Thanos looks cool. Yeah. Anyway, cats. Uh, yeah, we were thinking it was going to be bad, but we talked afterwards and we we're like, I had a great time. I, I'm. I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't like it, but I don't think. I don't think it was worthy of the intense, intense revulsion of pretty much the whole internet. Yeah, be, because it. I haven't seen the. The live show, huh? But I, it's pretty much spot on from what I've read. I've watched clips of the live show after I saw the movie, uh-huh. and it's fairly similar. The movie is actually more palatable than the live show to me. Fascinating. I found the movie to just be like a thrill ride, really fun. Make speed look like a slow ride to grandma's house. Just like <laughs> it was, this is a great time at the movies, you know. Yeah. Whereas watching the theater thing is like I never saw it ever in real life. Uh huh. Also, oh, you and you it's and of I, its time for sure. You so. and I aren't musical junkies. We're not, we're not musical like junkies, no. Musicalies or whatever musical fans yeah. are. Yeah, we're not. I'm not, I'm not like. I think musicals are fine. They're not what I search out. I think you know, it's fine. It's not my go-to form of entertainment. Yeah, and a lot of the time, music. I don't want to musicals. See songs aren't good. Yeah, so, that's true. Or they're just like corny or earnest in a way that I find annoying. Yeah. And same. that's fine. I don't begrudge anybody who likes them. But but I recognize when something's good. Yeah. And, and I think Cats is good. And Cats is is fine. It's it's a good film. It was capably done. Yeah, and we also saw it fascinating the 20, same what? Oh no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. we saw it in 2020. Yeah. And I assume they had released the the patch Oh, the, the re the recut with the fixed. They fixed stuff. all the C the CGI mistakes and stuff. So yeah. we got like the day one of 2020 patch. Day uh, one primo. Yeah, of the film. So we didn't see any. I didn't see any of the mistakes. I'm sure they were some of them. Some were still in there. Is it some couple, of it looked a bit awkward, but c- it wasn't that bad. A couple shots, the feet looked weird. Okay, but that's it. Like I wasn't like, oh, their face is falling off or whatever. Yeah. I it, yeah. I mean, I gotta say, I lolled. Every time Judy Dench appeared on screen, she was really funny. Also, uh, so but, not in, but she wasn't trying to be funny. Fun fact: Yes, she was cast in 1981 in Cats and fucking tore her Achilles and couldn't do it. Really? And she said in an interview, very briefly, "I thought that was the last time I would be involved with Cats." Oh wow! Boom. Thirty years later, boom. She, she plays the the. The powerful one who decides who gets to go to cat heaven. Yeah. Uh, what was her name? I don't remember any of their names except for Mr. Mistopheles. Mr. Mistopheles. Well, Victoria is the main character. Yes. She doesn't have a fun name. No, but also I don't think she's in the musical. She's like not. The original they one. had to write um write like uh, an original song, Taylor Swift and Andrew Lloyd Webber, Webster. Weber. Mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber. I uh, wrote it uh, together, which yeah. is cool. That would have been really amazing. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. T- for Tay-Tay? Yeah. And then she sang it. 
So yeah. the lady, um, Jesus Christ, the lady, the the actress who plays Victoria is a very famous uh, ballet dancer yes. in the UK. She was born in Kenya and then emigrated to the UK. Oh, wow, that's fun. So she's got a really uh, beautiful accent. Cool, yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind her. She was she's she good. was good. She's a, a great good, dancer. She was a good like audience cipher if ever there was one. Yeah. Cuz are we not all just a cat in a bag being thrown into a bunch of garbage cans? Oh, her name's Francesca Hayward. Yeah. She was really good. Yeah. Um <laughs> The opening of the film is wild. It's wild. Just yeah. a, imagine a living creature in a cloth bag and you fucking huck it as hard as you can into garbage. Yeah. Also that wasn't in the whatever year that is, I assume like the late 20s, did they didn't have like landfills. They just would throw garbage in the most dimly lit alleyway. It's wild that society still exists at all. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Do do we want to uh, get into it? Sure. You know, the two films, it's controversial. Uh, just just ride this, ride this ride with us because we're about to take you down an intellectual water slide of information. Nice. By the end, you're gonna go. That was a lot of fun, and I learned a lot. And there were no band aids floating in the water, which is pretty good. But that's your metaphor is sound for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm an intellectual, and that's kind of a pun that I said because sound is a word to be used like referring to water body of water oh yeah i just learned what that was when i was driving to seattle what's that what a sound is what is it a sound is a, is an inlet uh, it's like a body of water that's inland but fed by the ocean uh-huh but has a landmass. it's not a peninsula because i think there has to be a river or something that leads from the ocean to the sound oh yeah whereas a peninsula has like a wider opening or the more you like know that. yeah because i saw i saw that sound and then i saw the peninsula the Golden Gate covers mm-hmm. in the Bay Area on my road trip. So I, I learned a lot about bodies of water. Oh, wow. And then I stayed on a $3 million yacht on a lake. I forget the name of the lake in Seattle. Uh, Not Washington. Is it the Isla del Mirte? No. What? That's a reference to House of the Dead. Oh. Which is a bad movie we should cover on this podcast, actually. You heard it here, folks. That might be the next um, uh, epi. Yeah, it's off the coast of Seattle is Isla del Merte where the zombies live on House of the Dead <laughs> which is like why is it sp- like, like Spanish when with... it's off of the west coast of like the top of by Canada also the opposite coast facing Spain and as far away from Mexico and South America as possible with still being the United States yeah except for Alaska I guess yeah I so take they, it back yeah, Alaska's further very yeah interesting Weird. choice but also but the uh, hilarious it, choice for a bad movie you know how there's islands and they all have like feral dogs or whatever and they like create like a micro society and they adapt so they can live off of weird diets is it like that like the zombies become vegans because they don't they can't eat each other and there's no people on the island well people go there because they're going to the rave of the year and then there's do they are they aware of the risk no they just can't wait to get to the rave of the year. A rave I, on an island, I am skeptical yeah, of. Yeah, it takes place during the day. 
Anyway, a lot of foreshadowing for a potential episode, for sure, because it's a terrible film. I also love that you've seen it, and I have no idea what it is. I've seen it multiple times. Why? You masochistic... Because it's bad. It's funny. Guy. Okay. Um, uh, uh, should we contextualize the film? Give, give a little background? Yeah, let's give some context. All right. So, Cats came out December 20th, 2019, uh, directed by Tom Hooper, um, originally based on a musical written by Andrew Lloyd Webber, which is based on a book by T.S. Eliot called... um, uh, Let me look it up here. Let me look it up here. I know the name. I'm just waiting for you to say it. Oh, my Lord. Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats by T.S. Eliot. It's a series of poems, and each poem... It names all the characters. It names a lot of the aspects that you'll find in the musical. Yes. And it's like a random schmazola of poems, abstract poems about cat psychology and socialization that uh, I'm amazed T.S. Eliot did it. And it was uh, first published in 1939. And then the musical was adapted. The first year of it was 1981, right? Um, yes. Yeah, I think 81 is when it went up on, on uh, Broadway. Um, so yeah, that's what it's based on. And then there's a filmed version of the musical from the late nineties. I don't know if it's a film or if it's a filming of the live show. It's a little bit of both. It, I couldn't, I saw like a preview and some behind the scenes, uh, by accident looking for behind the scenes of the, the 2019 film, but I couldn't tell what it was. Cause it looked like a stage play. Yeah. Being filmed on VHS. Tapes. It was. Okay, but then there's also special effects in it where they oh. see lightning and stuff, magical. And that's like done face. in post. Mr. Mistopheles does some stuff. Yeah, mm. it seems like it, unless it was some amazing special effects. Weird, interesting. So I guess this is—I uh, don't know what you call that because that's more like for posterity than as a like a film adapt. It's not a film adaptation. It's literally just filming the live show. Yeah, but people loved Cats enough that they wanted to watch a theater version of it. Did they go on to the theaters? Tape. To yeah, they, watch it, like, but there was no audience in the in these, so they just filmed like a performance of it. Interesting, with no audience. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Interesting. Um. The interesting thing. So this film, I will acknowledge, bombed at the box office. It has like a, a two point one or something on, uh, IMDb and a thirty three on Rotten Tomatoes. But it is part of a long line of uh Sterling. Broadway musicals that have been adapted to film and then financially bombed. The other films being The Wiz, Mame, Rent, and Chorus Line. They all did not adapt well. Um, You're next uh, into the heights. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, in in the heights. In the heights. Not right. in, in, it's like into oh, the yeah, woods. Into and the woods. Into the heights. Somebody <laughs> who cares about theater musicals should mash those up. I was in In the Heights oh, in high you? school. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were, yeah. Yeah. I, it was I, a mostly white cast, I understand. White and Korean. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, and it was, we were all playing Latino people. Cool. I oh. lose sleep over that. I was still. in a similar situation in high school, actually. Oh. I was in a the theater version of The Wiz. Yeah. Which, as I understand it, maybe it was just the movie. I don't know the history of The Wiz, but... The movie, at least, is a very like racialized Wizard of Oz adaptation. Yes. So it's I, like it has Michael Jackson and Diana Ross, and it's like it's on the tail end thing. of the black exploitation moment in Hollywood history, right? Because it's the late seventies. 
Uh, I know. I, I feel like it was in the, where it came out in the eighties. I mean, we can the easily look this up. Eighties, because Michael Jackson was in it, and he was like, oh, I an guess. adult. Yeah, and Diana Ross also was like a height of her powers too. So. Right. So that, and then the eighties makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, I was in the Wiz. I played a Munchkin, and there was it was mostly mostly white kids. Mostly white kids. That's funny. Yeah, it was a Broadway hit which spawned a dismal feature film starring Diana Ross and Michael Jackson. <laughs> Dismal. And they made a the live TV version of it recently, which was also like a uh, cast of mostly people of color. So, not oh yeah, that was two years ago. Yeah, a couple of, yeah, a couple of years ago. I remember it coming on. I did not watch it. Yeah. Anyway, so I was in the Wiz. You were in in the Heights. I older me regrets younger me's decisions. Uh, well, I didn't direct the show. You didn't, I didn't direct the show. You didn't to choose do to do it. Yeah. yeah, I was just a theater nerd and uh, as a kid. Yeah, so I, don't feel too bad. Uh, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. No. Um, so they they had a, a cat behavior specialist who's like a dancer. Her name is Sarah Dowling, and she basically would coach all the actors to be more feline in their physicality. And I would say it was a success. And apparently it was very hard to shake that because they did it for months. Like like they rehearsed for months and then they shot for months. Like it was a very long film to make. Um, and apparently it was very difficult uh, to like shake that physicality because you, if all you do is dance like a cat, <laughs> I think it's if you're mowing your lawn. You're going to do it like a cat for a while. Um, Cause it's like in your bones. It's in your muscles. It's except in your for James Corden, who I believe only was on set for a week and he did not act like a cat. <laughs> no, he didn't. He did seemed he? like he was, he was very much phoning it in. Yeah. 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 But I, I think Francesca Hayward did a great job. She was very feline. Oh Idris, yeah. They were Idris standing. Elba didn't really dance. Did no. He? No. He, oh, so funny. Seeing Luther play a cat. Wild. Um, also everyone, the behind the scenes, everyone seemed super into it. Most of the cast were like musical theater nerds including like T-Swift and uh, Idris Elba and stuff. And they all seem super into it. So I don't think, I'm sure they were blindsided by the finished product. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the reaction it got. Um, well, as an all-star cast, you can't say that that cast isn't great. I was listening to it this morning just to, you know, get in the mood. Mm -hmm. um, and I needed to cleanse my palate from the Star Wars situation that I yes. had experienced. But it, I was like moved. I thought the music was super powerful and yeah. very catchy. Um, anyways, that's basically it for like uh, fun facts and context. Also, and directed by Tom Hooper, who famously in 2012 uh, adapted Les Mis, which went on to make a lot of win a lot of Oscars and made a, a, a butt ton of money. Yeah. And Tom Hooper thought he was untouchable. He probably, which is why he took this project on, because yeah. he was like, I've won a lot of Oscars, had Best Picture multiple times, I think. Basically, every film he's made has been a, like a critical knockout. Yeah. And then Cats is, it's his heaven's gate, I think. I mean, he should have saw that coming. I don't know, because it's a fucking, Les Mis worked. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Well, we'll get into that later. T talk about uh, Star Wars, a holiday special. Star Wars holiday special. Came out in 1978, was directed by none other than Steve Binder and David Acomba. Two, two directors. Two directors. Oh. And when you look at their filmography, this movie makes a lot of sense. They basically did a lot of live shows. Uh huh. So most of their filmography is like Diana Ross, Live in Central Park, 
or Elvis, 68 comeback kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm just looking at Letterboxd. I'm not sure exactly where these were aired or how they came out. But they were but all TV specials. Looks like they primarily focused on TV specials, which makes this movie make a lot of sense because it is a TV special. Yes. And what a TV special it is. So uh, it was based on original ideas from George Lucas uh, revolving around like Wookiees. Apparently in the original Star Wars script, he wanted Star Wars episode four, uh, then just called Star Wars. Yeah. To start in Kashyyyk, the land of Wookiees, mm-hmm. and kind of introduced that because Wookiees were like their cool thing that he was, I guess, super excited about when he was writing the script. Uh, and so he got to live that dream because I think when he was going through the writing process of episode four, a lot of people were like, why are we following these weird bear, space bears around? <laughs> or whatever the heck they are, giant dogs. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, so he was just like, well, let's just do that in this Christmas special. And then we can kind of like, it was a good bit of world building for star Wars uh-huh. in a way that the, like, you can't argue that there isn't world building in this. It seemed like it built on a lot of the concepts and things established in the first movie. Uh, cause this is the second star Wars thing that came out. Yes. You have to remember that. This is it's pre empire. Like, Stri- this is pre empire strikes back. So the future of star Wars could have seemed uncertain after this. Yeah. Um, a lot of the actors who were in it only did it because of contracts, like they were forced to do it because it seemed <laughs> bad on paper, had a budget of a million dollars. So it was one of the bigger budgets it's for a like something budget. like this. And a lot of the people who were involved in it thought it was going to be like CBS thought it was going to be like the Christmas special to air every year. Oh, no. And they only aired it the one time. They thought it was going to be Shrek the Halls. They, they thought it was going to be I Shrek bet. the Halls, but boy, it turns they out wrong. they were wrong. Yeah. Some of the actors fainted in their masks during the shoot. <laughs> it took a month for them to make this whole thing. They shot it over a month? <clears throat> they shot it over a month, yeah. Wow. It's the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yes. Um, and it was watched by 13 million people when it originally aired. So a huge audience. So it was a success, relatively speaking. Uh-huh. Um... Uh, but it was poorly reviewed, and it, yeah, it only aired it once. And uh, one of the main reasons Carrie Fisher was involved was she like contractually made sure that she was able to sing in it. And that's arguably the best part of the show also. It's like right at the end when she sings the Life Day song, and this is the only thing that has anything to do with what you established at the beginning. Yeah, Singing a song about Life Day, which is the holiday of Star Wars, Literally everything else that happens in the show just seems kind of random. So like many, they were improvising. It felt like a sketch show. Yeah, like well, they kept it was. detouring, but it didn't make sense. It was originally intended to be like in a variety special that was Star Wars themed because Star Wars had been appearing in a lot of different other shows and stuff. Like right. it would be on whatever late night variety show. They would do actually pretty elaborate Star Wars bits. And sketches and stuff. Like George Lucas had a sense of humor about the whole thing. Yeah. He was totally fine with this being like a comedic Star Wars story. But um, for whatever reason, it just kind of went off the rails. And George Lucas wasn't even involved because he had to like work on Empire Strikes Back. Well, he, yeah, he didn't write it. He didn't write it. He, he didn't produce it. He wasn't involved in any way. Shape, yeah. Or he form. helped with the treatment. There's a lot of writers who were involved with it who went on to bigger and better things. Like Pat like, Proft. He was with uh, the Zucker Brothers collaborator, so he did a lot of the Naked Guns, Hot Shots. Oh, nice. Uh, some of the scary movies, Bachelor Party. Like, name 
uh, the kind of spoofy movies, Police Academy. He did a lot of uh, comedies from the 80s and 90s. Those are so great. I watched as a child. So I was yeah. super into all of these films. I just rewatched so I the first Naked Gun and oh my God, is it funny. Bruce Valanche was also a writer who is a famous writer of the Oscars mostly. He kind of does What does that mean? What, like the host? Stuff? Um, no, just like writing the Oscars, like the, yeah, the host stuff. Yeah, he'll just write jokes Bits? for people. Okay. So yeah, most people know Bruce Valanche because he's very. It's a very particular look, I guess. He's got crazy glasses, a gigantic beard, and frizzy hair, and he just. Anyway, Bruce Valanche is a famous person for writing the Oscars. Cool. That's really all he's known for. What an all-star cast. B. Arthur, Art Carney. Oh, yeah. Art Carney's wild. Harvey Corman. And then they got pretty much all of the main Star Wars cast mm-hmm. to return uh, either in clips like Darth Vader or the actual actors. Like What I love is they got Han Solo like, and stuff. They got like uh, when they name the actors, they name them by name mm-hmm. for everyone except for R2D2. Yeah. <laughs> They just leave out the guy who is inside the costume. They named C-3PO, which is insane. They did. Oh, yeah. Kenny Baker famously played R2-D2. Yeah. But and they, just they call him R2-D2. They might not have had anybody in the... Actually, yeah, maybe that's what it was. They just yeah. didn't have a guy in there that time. Yeah. They probably just pushed him around with a stick. Yeah. Because all the beeps and shit happened later. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that. So, I thought that was so bizarre. Anyway, sorry to cut that's you That's the... Out. No. No. So that's the, yeah, that's most of the notes I made about cool. this movie. Dare I call it a movie? Uh, uh, I, when I, did I suggest this movie or did you? You did. I thought it was 30 minutes long. Oh. <laughs> and then uh, that's why I was like, oh, I can like, this one will be less time consuming because it, it's not like a feature film. <laughs> and then last night I, I YouTube it and I see that it's an hour and a half long. Yeah. And I was very disappointed. Well, it could be. A half an hour long, but it would still feel like an hour and a half. I it was you know what's amazing as bad as it was, it only felt like an hour and a half. That's good. Yeah, but yeah, I watched right. it in two sittings because oh, yeah. I I couldn't I couldn't do it. I watched it in one because I knew that Princess Leia sang at the end, and I was like, I'm gonna hold out for this because yeah. I hear that this is the best part. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, okay. and uh, I also like went on my phone a bunch, and I fast forwarded through a few parts. So <laughs> I will say I didn't watch the entire thing. Yeah. Because I was like, I feel like this scene is not going to change. Like when when Lumpy, the Chewbacca son, is fixing that thing and he's watching the instructional video where the guy's oh, yeah. teaching him how to fix Which that. Which is a radio. radio. Which is a radio that then the stormtrooper smashes. Yeah. So when he's fixing that, he just goes through the instructions of how to do it. And there's no jokes. Or yeah. There's attempts at jokes, but it doesn't. it's not a joke. Mm-hmm. So I just fast forwarded through it. I, I sat through the whole thing. Did you learn anything? Was it worth watching? No, there were a lot of like, you could tell they were clutching at what they thought was a bit. Like mm-hmm. they were talking about the absurdity of electronics and yeah. they were like, oh, it's like one of 1,000 small pieces you need to have. They're all color coded and you put them all in. Like just the absurdity of having to assemble a computer oh, okay. basically. But so unfunny. Profoundly the, the unfunny. The cooking part, the stir, whisk, whisk, stir. It was like, I couldn't also figure out With what the bit was for arms. that. It yeah. was just uh, making fun of cooking shows, I That's think. The, but that is canon. So, yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's compare okay. and talk about the things. I mean, obviously, Star Wars Holiday Special was bad. Cats was good. 
How are they the same film? Point number one, Mike. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Both films, the central characters are uh, not human. Yes, they're so, furry. So, exactly, they're both furry, and they're both. Um, it's it's not about. And both both films have humanoid characters kicking the shit out of the hairy characters. Like you got the cats getting thrown in a cloth sack and cats. Yeah, right. And then the fucking stormtroopers and the Imperials walk in and they start roughing up uh, grandpa and mom and the son. And it's, you know, it's it's oppressive. It's oppression. Yeah. It's oppression of hairy characters. Yeah, that's um, good. That's good. That's the first one. A lot of furry people that are just like generally unsettling, like the, the characters from Cats are unsettling looking. <laughs> Both films have very famous people doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing like they know better like they're better than this like both both movies are just like judy dench regardless of how much gusto she brings to the whole thing yeah she's better than this like she shouldn't be in this same with sir ian mckellen yeah same I mean, with sir fuck. ian mckellen yeah same yeah. with like any of the star wars cast like they all knew that they were slumming it for this harrison ford is phoning it in oh yeah visibly phoning it in like there's that scene when he's like yeah i love you too pal mm -hmm. He there's zero intonation in his yeah. voice, and he's trying to like show affection. It's great. I'm sure yeah. he did one take, and then he's like, "Okay, fuck, I did it. Let's go." Yeah, the directors probably had no say in his performance. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't think they they really directed anything. Yeah, definitely. I think capitalism. The the idea of profit is why they were both made. Yes. Because oh, I I will say to piggyback what you said, both are capitalizing on previous success. Yes. So both of them have a pre-existing. Uh, IP or whatever that is super successful and popular. And they said, well, let's do this other thing that is related and in the same universe and uh, 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 to try to make a bunch of money. Like cats didn't need to be a movie. No, of course it's it an extremely successful, profitable show on Broadway. And they're like, you know what? We can make a shitload of money at universal. I think was the studio. If we make it and turn it into a movie, a little people love it. Cause they already love the stage show. And it's the same with, Star Wars, they're like, oh, man, it's a Christmas special. We can make so much money off of advertising. We have a Star Wars holiday special because people already love it. Yeah, both look you good. You don't need to train the audience yeah. to like it. They both look good on paper. I can see why both of these things were made, Definitely. even if I disagree with both of them being made on some level. Yes. So, uh, yeah, good one. Both, uh, both are musicals. Yes. They're both musicals. So... I would say Cats is overtly a, a musical. It's very obvious, but uh, Star Wars uh, Holiday Special is not advertised as a musical, but there are four musical numbers. Right. Yeah. Uh, the music video, like when he's like, types a bunch of shit into a, a, what their impression of a laptop would eventually become. Yeah. And it um, is just a fucking music video. Yeah. I love you can see the band playing. It's just fun. It's yeah. very 70s. Yeah, the musical segments in both were the best part. Yes. Like, you're just waiting for a musical thing to happen. And the musical number in the bar was fun. With B. Arthur. Yeah, with B. Yeah. Arthur. I really enjoyed that. And then there's the musical when the grandpa's, like, watching pornography, and yeah. it just turns into a musical number. It mm -hmm. starts off super erotic, and she's like, ooh, you're excited, aren't you? Yeah. And then she just sings this song, a beautiful song, and it's like, oh, interesting. Yeah, there's both movies have a, a scene in a bar with a musical number in it mm -hmm. that is and both un bars unsettling. Serve milk. Yeah, and both bars serve milk. Ooh, nice blue milk, blue milk, cat milk. Boom. Yeah, 
And yeah, the the bar cats don't drink cat milk. Cats drink cow cow milk. Well, yeah, well, I mean milk for cats. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Moo milk. Blue milk. Blue milk. (laughs) Moo milk. Blue milk. That's a musical number. Uh, Yeah, there is a uh, unsettling musical sequence in a bar in both films, and there is a scene with horny energy involving an old guy Mm -hmm. in both films too. Like the the scene with Ian McKellen kind of has like a bit of horniness to it, like. 100%. 100%. He's kind of like existential. He's talking about the end of his life and stuff. But he also is, I don't know, the whole movie is kind of has horny energy. So plus also the, when we're introduced to him, he is la- lapping milk from a bowl. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've, I've felt, got some horny energy to it. For I sure. felt sexually compelled during that sequence That's for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is a horny movie. Yes. And and like the dancing is sexy at times. And there's like a very erotic sort of, vibe with Victoria and some of the other characters just just in how they like they play with each other as cats oh yeah it's extremely sexual the whole thing seems like like theater kids just giving getting into the part a little too much like mm-hmm. if you've ever been involved in a theater show or a play or whatever where people I was have, in the heights yeah you're in playing heights, a Hispanic yeah. man of course yeah. a Hispanic <laughs> famously <bartender. laughs> but but wherever there were there ever moments where you were just there with theater kids and then you're just like People are just using this this play that they're in as an opportunity to kind of get some of their horny energy out. Like whenever I see totally. people doing clown, there's some sexual repression kind of just like being explored here uh-huh. or being like pushed against when they're like kind of being like a weird sexualized uh, Joey or Buffon or whatever the hell. Uh-huh. Sorry if I'm offending our clown listeners, but I yeah. hate, I hate clown. Wow. Coming out hard I against clown. I hate it. I hate watching it. I hate just, I hate the whole thing. Anyways. Oh, no. Our listening numbers are kicking down really quickly, I think. <laughs> About 50% of our listeners just turned we're, off. We're broadcasting we went this went from live. four to two. Yeah. Damn it. No, but just like theater people being theater people. If you watch the live musical version of Cats, it's super annoying because right. everybody's like acting like cats a little too much. Like they're licking themselves in like a really annoying way, but they're in suits. Yes. Instead of like CG people. God, they must have and, just sweat their ass. And a lot, there's just a lot of them just lying on the stage, just slumping like yeah. cats, just like being lazy cats, and then just like <laughs> licking each other. And it's like, oh, this is so annoying. You like, couldn't look you at. couldn't pay me money to do that. So yeah, coming out hard against clowns. Yeah, well, and also really uh, dividing our audience. Yeah, and this the Star Wars movie also had a moment, a lot of moments where it's just like that energy kind of takes over and it becomes the thing you hate, like yeah. the chessboard. With like the dancing people, it's like dancers are cool, but if you, it can be. There's a line between very cool and interesting to watch, and very annoying and wanky. Yeah, and that kind of hit that. And Cat sometimes hits that, but in the movie, not so much mm-hmm. as the stage play. I think that's a yeah for sure. I totally agree with you on that one. And also the people playing point. the Wookiee family were just not good at it. If I can say, like they're just nodding a lot at everything. They're and they. They just seem like they don't know how to play a Wookiee. Imagine if they made the special now. Yeah. They would probably wouldn't wear fucking suits. They'd no. animate that shit. And yeah. it would look so much better. Yeah. And well, but then when, you'd have like Michael Bublé as like the fucking traitor and he'd be like, hey, it's, oh, Bu- yeah. it's Bublé, not Bubbly. I wouldn't be surprised be actually if there was a new Christmas special to or holiday special to... uh because Disney owns it and they're just like, well, we got to do Star Wars all the time. 
So let's do another holiday, holiday special. special with other famous people in it. Um, maybe it'll be good. They might. Who knows? Who knows? I have but, a I have a, qu- a question. So yeah. I wrote trapeze work, lumpy, and all cats. Do you remember a scene where? Lumpy does like some sort of acrobatic, or am I out to lunch? No. I'm not gonna lie, I had a couple beers while I watched oh, this movie. Oh goodness, okay. So uh, this is an inebriated cast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, do you do you remember anything? Uh, well, I mean, Lumpy was watching the the acrobats. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah there's well, acrobatics in both films. That kind of just piggybacks on what you just said. It definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that, but it's fine. You were drunk. I had uh, I had had uh, two beers. Yeah, there is a part where Lumpy walks along the rail of like the hut. Yes, and that's kind of like the same rail with... that later falls, and that stormtrooper falls to his yeah. death. I wrote that railing. <clears throat> fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that thing. They, they have a mite problem or something. Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> but like Lumpy walks along that with the precision of a like a cat walking on a. So both like so both movies have furry things walking on a rail. Right. Can I also add on to the thing you just said? Mm-hmm. Lumpy watches um TV and Rebel Wilson's character watches the little mice and the cockroaches do like a dance number. Mm-hmm. So both involve uh, like a voyeuristic look at something smaller than themselves with oh, enjoyment. But also in There's the like a power dynamic in the there. bar in the cantina rather of mm-hmm. the Star Wars one there yeah. is a large there is a large anthropomorphic mouse. mouse yeah. Which and is like unsettling. Is like, why is it? Yeah. <laughs> but like, why is there? Greedo is there. Yeah. All of the classic Star Wars cantina figures. Can you name any more? Nyenum? No, he was a pilot. <laughs> I know he was a pilot. Okay. That's the thing with Star Wars is there's so much world building in it that I know the names of a lot of characters who are on screen for seconds yeah. or not even featured in the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the mouse blew my mind, and that it got so much screen time. Yeah, it's one thing to be like, "Fuck it, make a giant mouse, throw it in the corner." It's 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 going to be set dressing. But so it's another thing to have full one way dialogue with a giant mouse drinking its sorrows away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, and then also like, yeah, he was sad about something. He was at that cantina for a reason. It, it that puppet's eyes had some existential dread for yeah, sure, for sure some yeah. contemplation. What was amazing, I love that the the barkeep was like. Yeah, we're talking. You're not drinking, and I'm not pouring. Yeah, and then there are no taps to alcohol. Everything's just in weird '70s water pitchers. Yeah, which I yeah. thought was amazing. Yeah, that was definitely the big problem with that that scene. I the, it upset me yeah. a little bit. Both um, both films are centered around a really important day okay. that that everyone is aware of and everyone finds important. Yes. So yes. there's Life Day, mm-hmm. and then the cats. I need your help. Heavy side layer. Uh, sorry, say it one more. They time. need to go up to the heavy side layer. Heavy side layer. That's what they say. Yeah. What do, What does that even fucking mean? I mean, I can unpack a lot of this stuff. You don't. You know what? But let's I, save it for a not, minisode. Yeah, let's save it for a minisode. <laughs> but it's yeah. I have a theory that it's clumsy uh, religious allegory. Right. Heavy heavy side layer. Yeah. Which is cat heaven. Yeah. And but it only happens once a year. Yeah. So both films are centered around a, a once a year huge event and a very emotional event. Yeah. Um, and both involve like characters kind of competing to get to the place they need to get to. Like Chewie and Han have to very um, casually avoid the Imperial force 
and park on the north side of the planet. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to get to Chewie's house. And then with the cats, obviously, they're like fighting. Idris Elba's disappearing them yeah. onto that tugboat in the River Thames. All that stuff. So it's high, high stakes uh, stuff. But also a lot of world building, but not explained a lot. Like they tell us in what the, Star Wars, both films. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Because uh, we know that the heavy side layer is a thing, but we had, they never tell us what exactly it is or why it's important. They're uh-huh. just like, you got to know. They're going to the heavy side layer. That's like, it's a jellical choice, right? Okay, sure. Yeah. If you go along with it, you'll have a great time. Yeah. If you're just like, what the hell is a jellical? Yeah. So, but yeah, you just don't question the world building, and that's fine. They confidently tell you, hey, the heavy side layer, jellical choice. That's the thing, and you're like, okay, I'm in. Or you you're not the in. same. Yeah, the same That's thing. Same with Star Wars. It's Life Day and and literally anything in Star Wars. You're like, okay, the Force, sure. Yeah. Like they don't explain it. I love that because Star Wars is absurd. It it's doesn't su- make any absurd. fucking sense. But then you watch the holiday special and you're like, oh, it can make even less. Yeah. Sense like. Yeah. They barely justify things in a Star Wars film, but then they, then just. The holiday specials like a whole new extreme. Yeah, like I just it's, oh, I love it. it. Thinking back on it, I'm really enjoying that I saw it. But in yeah. the moment, it was it's it, wild. It was taxing. It felt it taxing. 100. percent Yeah. Uh, I would. This is a criticism of both. Huh? But both films feel like they're killing time. I was gonna say my next thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I robbed that of no, you. No, 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 no. You go for it. Yeah, go wow. for it. See, we, we don't, I had, we I don't had discuss diff- the points before we hit record. I had a different wording. Oh, what was your wording? Both films are about waiting. They're about mm. waiting for something, you know? Your um, Yours is yours doesn't have a connotation of negativity, whereas mine does. I guess mine so. Mine seems negative. Let's go with yours. They're okay. films about waiting. Yeah, both films. Both so films saying are, killing time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both films are about waiting. Uh, the cats they're waiting for the jellical choice to be made they're waiting for what's the old Deuteronomy to show up uh-huh. they're waiting for McCavity I guess to be banished or something I don't know really what's the deal with McCavity but they are just basically waiting for the end of the movie to happen mm-hmm. and Star Wars holiday special is about waiting in the most extreme way <laughs> because they start the film with Chewie and Han, two characters that we love from Star Wars. Yeah. And they are in conflict immediately. And you're just like, yes, this is going to be exciting. And then for whatever reason, we cut to Chewie's family and you never living go. domestic bliss. Living domestic bliss. And they're waiting for Han and Chewie to show up. Yeah. And we never see Han and Chewie until the animated sequence happens later in the film. And then when they eventually show up in the live action part. Uh-huh. Imagine your favorite movie with the most exciting action in it. I don't know, Jurassic Park. Imagine Jurassic Park. Alan Grant, he and his archaeologist friends are just like, we're going to Jurassic Park and we're going to go see it. And then they get on the helicopter and they fly away. And then the rest of the film of Jurassic Park is the rest of the archaeologists who didn't get on the helicopter. (laughs) And you just follow them as they just like go to a restaurant, go to the bathroom. It's like, that's what Star Wars Holiday Special is. You don't see the exciting stuff that you're promised. It's like they promise it at the beginning and then let's follow characters who aren't interesting doing nothing. Yeah. 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 And then you wait and then at the end something happens. I think it's actually like a hyper intellectual display of what the holidays feels like for a lot of people, which is a lot of boredom, cabin fever, 
uh, being surrounded by family and getting unannounced visitors constantly mm-hmm. and just a general level of, of boredom and yeah. apathy. And I, you know, you could, you could probably write an intellectual paper explaining the, the critical lens in which Star Wars a holiday special was made, criticizing Western culture and how it celebrates its holidays. Oh, interesting! I yeah. think I think somebody could really waste some time doing that. Yeah, that's a, that's a sidebar. That's but not it, here it, there. it was that's an interesting analysis of it because I Thank just you. saw it as like, oh, this movie doesn't even know what to do with itself. I say what I just said, but I yeah. don't think that was the intention. <laughs> I think that was the result. Yes, you could read into it and go like, yeah, this is actually a really good parable or whatever of of how people experience the holidays which is a lot of just boredom yeah it's exciting for one moment well yeah like chewy chewy rolls up he rolls up oh my god he's here and then it's like well now he's just reading the newspaper on the couch yeah and winking at mom yeah now i'm just playing with the radio that the stormtrooper smashed and they fell off the railing yeah they have a mic problem and the railing obviously can hold my weight but not a man a few feet taller and much skinnier than me yeah. leaning into it. Yeah. Uh, and they also, there's a, in Cats, they spend the entire movie singing songs about themselves just to kill time. Yeah. Like, I know that they all want to be the Jellicle choice. I mean, there's no plot. So no. let's just sing about who I am. It's like just, just one to kill time. job interview. Like, you're the yeah. employer and you're meeting all these people. It's interesting. Both both films have old, white, hairy characters. Yes. And uh, and they're uh, comical on screen. Like, Judy yeah. Dench is funny in the movie. Unintentionally funny. Oh, so funny. She's so fucking committed, and it does not work, in my opinion. But yet, it works too well. Yeah, it works real well. Like, yeah. seeing Ian McKellen slurp milk out of a bowl. Mm-hmm. And go, yeah, like, randomly. Oh, That's so good, good stuff. Like, he's yeah. a fun, like, horny old man. Yeah, he knows then, what he's doing. And then he got, what is it? It's Lumpy. Lumpy. Lumpy's grandpa? No, Itchy is Itchy's grandpa. grandpa. Ichibaka. <laughs> yeah, Ichibaka, I guess, is what his name is. Um, he He's, like, old. He might be a little senile. I don't know. He doesn't seem to be on the same page as everyone else. And then he watches porn by himself in the living room. It looks like his face was bashed in. He he has, like, an underbite. <laughs> he has an underbite, which is disturbing to look at. Like, every he's time, hard to watch. Yeah. He's, he's hard to watch, and he's hard to watch in 320p on, on YouTube, like, grainy YouTube. So on, like, like, a fifth-generation rip of an old VHS taping. Yeah. 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 But he, he made ugly sounds. He looked ugly. He is old. And every time, my reaction was the same as when I looked at, like, Judy Dench. I just kind of laughed every time they came on screen. Yeah. Because I'm like, that's that's crazy. Uh, yeah. In both movies, somebody masturbates. Who masturbates in Cats? Well, in in Star Wars, uh, Itchy. Itchy is watching. Like, Itchy's I, whacking it in the he's living He's whacking room. it to VR, I guess. Also, the is it Art Carney? Let's say it's Art Carney. He's like, hey, you'll like this. Yeah. And, like, plugs him in. Yeah. Imagine just, I don't know, imagine <laughs> like an old friend of your, you're like over for Christmas and then your dad's friend comes over mm-hmm. and says, hey, so-and-so, your your dad, I got to show you something. And then you walk in on them and he is showing him how to watch porn on a computer. That actually doesn't sound outlandish to me. No, Maybe I'm sure I that's actually up, happened a lot. I grew up in a different generation, I think, where, I think where, I, where the boomers kind of like. 
they didn't have the pornography, they didn't have internet or whatever, so right. they would be like, just like, hey man, you want to borrow this tape or whatever. I don't right. have personal experience with that, but I assume that to be the the just the truth of and, it. And I guess in the seventies that would have been super that would have been common. how they did it. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to have tapes like, or mag- share magazines yeah. or. We just, everything's private now, but yeah. back then it was just like, if you wanted to access pornography, you had to get it from somebody. You had to tra- talk to somebody. It was somebody. a transaction, yeah. And you had to admit it. And that's what this film explores. <laughs> <laughs> Repressed sexuality. Yeah, pretty much. In an older generation. Yeah. And the and the interconnection of technology, sexuality, and one's uh, sexual health. Yeah. Wow. But, was, but uh, anyway. Lucas, man. He's, he's a fucking thinker, that guy. I know. So God Itchy damn. itchy masturbates in this in the Star Wars movie. Uh-huh. And in Cats, uh, Bob LaRue was masturbating in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and he was sitting right beside me, I and I felt very uncomfortable. I tell. No. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, hey, I asked to sit five rows behind you, and you said, no, sit beside me. That would be weird if we didn't sit together. Plus, you have the popcorn, and I want some. I'm sure. I'm sure, but I'm sure that this movie was... Was fulfilling some sort of like it was masturbated too. It was yeah. I'm sure it will For have sure. been or will be when it comes out on VOD and all that. Yeah, like definitely. I'm sure somebody will. This will be yeah. I haven't checked and and they they, 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 they can like deep, rule thirty four fake on this, it but, or whatever. Yeah, and it'll they'll get you know somebody fucking somebody else for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Both films satisfy someone's fetish. I guess is the lesson to be learned. Yes. Um. And hornier than they had any right to be. Uh, in cats, both films, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of uh, also both PG, like family friendly programs mm-hmm. with a lot of sex, yeah, a lot of sex mixed in. Yeah, I also assume that that Wookies have like barbed penises like cats do. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sure the penis situation on a Wookie is unpleasant. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So I was picturing like a corkscrew, <laughs> like a duck. Yeah. You oh, know, I mean, they probably, yeah, it could be that. Really, they can lock and load it sort of situation. Could be, you know, Chewie has a bowcaster. What's that? Oh, yes, yeah. It's like his famous uh, his gun. gun that's like it a shoots bow. shoots a green laser, yeah. He, maybe his, maybe his, uh, his wang is kind of like how a sword is like a metaphorical penis. Like yeah. a bowcaster is a metaphorical Wookiee penis. So is his penis skinny then wide at the top yeah. and it has two like spurs that can like yeah. walk in oh interesting his bone caster his bone caster yeah <laughs> yeah oh, shit um both films i think have an arbitrary sense of high stakes but without it having any relevance to you yes like the viewer in both films they're like okay obviously everyone really cares about this thing yeah but i have no relevance to it yeah the empire shows up and they're and they're doing bad stuff, but it's like I can For never figure. Yeah, I can never figure out why or w- like how the 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 Wookie family is affected. Really, imagine if you lived in like a police state, and then the police show up at your house. Basically, what they did was they showed up at your house, looked around for like two minutes, and then just started watching YouTube videos on your yeah. computers. Like they were just, they're like, I'm gonna watch this sweet music video, and then I'm gonna watch. What other like FaceTime people that you know from your computer and just sit there and watch it for a while without saying anything? Yes, and there is a moment where they the Empire is like, you have to watch this video. All of the people in the Empire have to watch this video. It's about life on Tatooine. Yeah, and then that video goes off the rails, goes into a cantina, <laughs> and then it goes into this weird kind of dance sequence. And then within that cantina scene, there is a 
video playing on the screen from the Empire. <laughs> yeah. So like a mandatory video you have to watch. There's like a weird meta level. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it makes sense in Star Wars universe. That's the thing. I don't really obsess over it, so I don't know. I would argue both films are uh, based on a hodgepodge of scribblings on a piece of paper. Yes. Like Cats is a bunch of short T.S. Eliot poems. Yes. And I, I would imagine the Star Wars special is just a bunch of sticky notes on a wall mm-hmm. with random ideas that have no relationship with one another. Yeah. And they're going, well, we have an hour and a half to kill with five commercial breaks. Also, it was an hour and a half without the commercials. Oh, I know. So, fuck me. Yeah. I remember watching God movies damn. like you watch Home Alone on TV. Yeah. It's like a four-hour endeavor. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day. Fuck. Yeah. I kind of wish it had the commercials just so I could see what the old commercials oh, were like. Well, the, 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 it's the, hard to find The that. link we found was like, I don't know if you watched the same one, but it was like had an Incredible Hulk ad at the front. Yeah. And yeah. at the end. Yeah. But then all the ones in between were cut. I like it said Star Wars, a holiday special. Good copy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think somebody had a tape and then they're just like, I can't believe I have this on a tape still. And they managed to get on the digitized. Yeah. So good for them. In 720p. Yeah. It's, it it was good. It didn't look terrible. It was just both films are like the, the root source is a hodgepodge of scribblings. I would say. Yeah. I would dare, I dare say drug fueled. I would probably for sure. We don't know. The joke I, is the joke is that uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. This was his like untouchable cocaine musical. Right. I did Technicolor Dreamcoat. I did Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm untouchable, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. And then Cats. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna challenge myself. I'm gonna do a lot of drugs. I'm gonna write a musical about this. In 1977 is when he started Cats. Wow. So. Uh, both films started in 1977, and oh a, shit, and kind of like had a. Uh, result shortly after, I guess. Yeah. Is the lesson to be learned. Well, fuck me. 1977 spawned both of these things. Films in that canon both had a film released in 2019. Yes. Star Wars and uh, Cats were both released in 2019. Oh, my goodness. 1977 and 2019, both of these movies. Holy wow. Shit. Yeah. This is insane what we're just uncovering Insanity. here. <laughs> yeah. I feel like an archaeologist. <laughs> Uh, pretty wild. And but also, archaeologists digging just anywhere without anyone asking yeah. and without any goal in mind. <laughs> yeah. It's and like, Mike, you want to dig here? There might be something fun. Not even using the appropriate tools. No. And then finding something and not knowing what it is and going, yeah. well, we did it. Yes, we did it. Uh, which of the 2019 films, Star Wars or Cats, was better? I haven't seen the other Star you Wars. You never saw Star Wars? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Is it Rise good? Skywalker? No. Oh, shit. Hot, hot take, take, no. But also, most people agree it's not good. Oh, really? Even though J.J. Abrams did it? That was why it's bad. They hired him, and they're like, he's going to save the day, because he is making houses in the suburbs. They yeah. all look the same. It's a routine. It's a recipe. Exactly. Yeah, and the first is, The first one was good, because it was like J.J. Abrams was did what he's good at. Plant some seeds. Uh-huh. Show the... Thing that you all are have nostalgia for, but plant and, the characters and like, plant the characters, and the characters were relatively well drawn. Uh huh. We're all we, we were all happy with that. The second movie I thought was great, mm-hmm. but a lot of people had problems with it because they took everything that the first movie did and just changed it, took a right turn, which is what The Empire Strikes Back did. I think there's no way to make a film that everyone would be, or like even a majority would be into. Yeah, well, I feel like the Star Wars movies were not planned out. No. It seemed like they were like, you make this movie. And then he did. And then they were like, great. You make this movie. And he did. 
Uh, and then they're like, okay, we have to end this somehow. And like, they didn't plan out the third movie when they were writing the first one. Even though they knew they were going to make a shitload of movies. Yeah. And they knew they were going to make three and it was going to be a trilogy and that these characters should have some sort of arc that takes place over three movies. And somehow they didn't figure that out. So, but I would say the same is true of the original trilogy. Yeah, that's how the original one was made too. Like he didn't know it was, it was a hodgepodge situation. Yeah, it was a hodgepodge situation. Yeah. If anything, the prequel trilogy is the most organized. The most organized. <laughs> and the least charismatic. Also, uh gotta bring up the prequel trilogy because Ugh, you always bring it up. Well, uh I think both the musical of cats and the film adaptation of cats uh-huh. were the the musical was seen as a it was well reviewed. The longest running thing on Broadway in the West End, blah, 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 all that is just like, it's actually, people think it's weird, but it's treated as like a huge success or whatever. Yes. This movie, not a success. And a lot of people think it's bad for some uh-huh. reason. I would argue it's good. Well, but yeah, it's our good film this week. It's our good film this week, I mean, right? Shit. But anyway, but both Star Wars and Cats as properties fail when the hubris of technology comes into play. Right. Like Star Wars was better when it was just a bunch of people wearing masks. Oh, fuck. You're so smart, And Star Wars, when the prequel trilogy came out, it was just like everything CG. Yoda, Jar Jar, backgrounds. Yeah. 98% of everything is CG to the point where it's all filmed on a blue screen with tennis balls. Yeah. Shit. And like, yeah, so Cats fails in a sense, even though we think it's good. But generally, people think it failed because, and I think it was because of the hubris of the technology where they're just like, look what we can do with this movie. Yeah, but you could have just put them in costumes and had them in super large sets. And it would have been great. It would have been amazing. Yeah. But but they didn't. I feel like it would have still failed. Probably would have still failed. I don't know if it's like a filmable, like on on a live show... Like I saw an experimental show off Broadway when I went to New York and I'm mm-hmm. like, this was amazing. Like it was astounding. There was no narrative. What was, show is it? Uh, the name escapes Cats. me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I forgot. I, I forgot. I saw American idiots. No, it was uh, um, mean girls. No, it was off uh, Broadway. It was off Broadway. Yeah, it was off Broadway. It was close to the NYU campus. It ended with the word Bruta, but I can't remember the first okay. word. A2 Bruta? No. Okay. Porta Bruta or something. I don't know. It was amazing. Like they had a, but it was all abstract. But I'm like, as a movie, as like an experimental film, this would suck. Yeah. But in a room, there's something that happens. A spell gets cast over you and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm feeling a lot of feelings. But as a film, like when you watch experimental film, very rarely are you like, wow, this is so compelling. I'm often like, this is very boring. I'm looking at my watch. I'm not in it. Because it doesn't it doesn't suck you in the same way as being in a space does. Yeah. And I would imagine that's what happened when you saw Cats Live. You're like, holy fuck, this doesn't make any sense. It's like just weird. The songs are so fucking catchy. And I'm I'm buying in. Like I love yeah. seeing all these, as you say, theater fucks doing a killer <laughs> job playing felines. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so both, yeah, way better when it was just a bunch of people wearing masks and makeup than when CG came into the picture. I have a question. Yes. So I think your memory is better than mine. So in the in the cantina, the barkeep is like, we all just saw that video on the wall screen. Yeah. And she just named it literally what it was instead of calling it, you know, something fun like television or whatever. She yeah. called it a wall screen. Do the cats ever just name human things as they are? Like, it, it, instead of saying, like, 
trash can. No, I guess that's a bad. But like maybe like car is like a magic wheel machine. Like, do they ever reference well, the real world and say something really stupid? I don't think they say anything stupid, but they know they seem to understand human creations or human concepts. Like Gimbal Shanks knows what a railway is so much that he lives on a train. He knows how to dance on the rails. Tap dance on the rails. Tap yeah. dance on the rails. And he, I presume, drives a train. It wasn't made yeah. clear that he was a pilot, but he wore a conductor's hat and he seemed to be very conductory. So, uh, mm-hmm. And then also Mr. Mistopheles understands magic and he wears right. human clothes. Oh, yeah. And like they all use human objects as they are intended to be made. Sometimes they'll like, you know, shred a pillow so the feathers come out. Right. And they'll jump on a bed. But but they don't call the pillow like a soft bag. They call it a pillow. <laughs> yeah. Or I assume. They, yeah. They don't really mention, I guess. I was just trying to remember last night. I'm like, I feel like there's a moment where they just said something very literal. Right. Instead of using its name. Well, I but feel like I don't know if in that's the true. the Gumby Cat part with Rebel Wilson, mm-hmm. there's a part where I feel like there's a part where somebody is holding a knife and a fork waiting to eat something. Yeah. Your cat, you don't use these tools. Mm-hmm. But also, nor, nor do you have the ability to with, yeah. without thumbs. Exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's like, very thumbist does it matter? Movie. Does it even matter in the movie Cats? Things were not consistent. No. Exactly. It, it, <sighs> No. People like a lot of people are like, can you believe like the cats were a different size than the other thing? It's like, yeah, but the fuck? cats are singing about themselves. Yeah, and they're using magic minutes. to go to the yeah, the heavy set. Heavy side layer. Heavy side layer. Who cares? Who gives a yeah. fuck? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Get me pissed. Okay, Get so that pissed. point I wanted to make uh <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh oh, both films have mice. Yes. Did we already bring that up? We did talk about that. Yes. Okay, good. Both films have mice. <laughs> yeah, they're just kind of relegated to a cameo in favor of other taller, furrier things. Both films have humanoid depictions of non-humans. So the cats are very humanoid, and then there's lots of aliens and shit that are all humanoid-esque. And like that guy who drinks the drink through the top of his head, but he's obviously just a like a human. Yes. But with very little costuming, and then he's like, I need to drink, and then he pours it in his scalp. And that's a bit that never gets funny, but they uh, do multiple times. No, and then she, she like, pours enough in his head that would kill him. Yeah. Like a full... Imagine just right now if I was like, Mike, I want you to drink two liters of lemonade right now. Through my brain? No, just in your oh, mouth. okay. Just imagine drinking that much in one sitting. You feel like garbage. You definitely puke or have some sort of diarrhea. Or both. Or both, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just wrote, that railing was obviously fucked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was. <laughs> oh, jeez. Is there any furniture that breaks under the cat's weight? <laughs> I mean, they do destroy some furniture. Yeah. Mungo Jerry and Ramputaisa. You love the soundtrack. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, yeah, it was good. I would say both have um, really good scores. There were yes. a couple moments in the the holiday special. I was like, this is, for what it is, the score is really good. Well, the the person writing the music for both is a legend. Yes. Like John Williams, is, you know. Fucking crushes every time he, he sits every down. Every time he does anything, he usually destroys. Yeah. And, I mean. Same with say what you, Yeah, Weber. say what you will about cats, but, yeah, this was like the music is actually good. Yeah. And if you disagree, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you can eat 
a cat's butthole <laughs> for sure. Um, I was going to say just eat ass, but eat a cat's ass. Favorite song from Cats? The the <laughs> sad one uh, at the end when Victoria, it's Jennifer Hudson, right? Yes. When she sings. Oh, she, Memories. She does, memories, that's my favorite song. Wow, you're so basic. What? <laughs> Fuck you, man. It's a good song. I love sad, feely songs. And I felt mm. I felt the feels. Wow. And she, you know, she was like so vulnerable. She had like snot and tears on her face. She oh, fucking I know. Belting that was her eyes weird. Up. Visceral. Too visceral, I would say. Yeah. But I was like, God damn, this is compelling. And the song is very good, I yeah. think. I oh, am I mean, basic. Whatever. Memories is Fuck one you. of the greater musical songs uh-huh. of musicals. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the same. I like my favorite song from Les Mis is the one Anne Hathaway does. Right. Uh, I can't name a single song, but you know what I'm talking about. Really yeah, I sad. know. I know the song. It's a monologue. About. It's just a monologue. There's no group number to it, and it's so ah, uh, just gets you right in the heart. What's the best song in Star Wars Holiday Special? Uh, I gotta be honest, it's the music video one, like the purple, like you see the band. Okay, that, I really like that song. I thought it, I was, it was weirdly catchy. What's the name of the band again? I honestly can't remember. Fuck. They're like they were pretty famous. Yeah, I love you can see the drummer playing, and I'm like, there, there's no drums are such a specific instrument, and they don't exist in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, except they do in the cantina. They do, but they're not like drum do, do, drums. Do, 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 do. They're like little like oh right yeah like bowls. You know, they're not they're not like a, a, a conventional drum set. You yeah. see this guy playing like with traditional grip, like just very human things that really took me out of it. But the song I thought was super catchy. Well, what was problematic about the Star Wars holiday thing, and there's only one thing that was problematic about it. No, but what that <laughs> what that is is that it was doing too many things at once, where it was like trying to be a, just a generic kind of holiday special that right. was pretty low-key, pretty funny, yeah. low stakes. But it also it had a lot of world building and was committing hard to the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So it kind of did both things poorly as a result. Mm-hmm. So there was no consistency to any of that, but it's still canon. It felt like it was trying to be a, a hybrid between like a like a fifties Bob Hope variety show, yeah. like in front of a live audience, and then also just be a made for TV movie. Uh-huh. And those are two very different things, and how you make them are very different. Like I, I was like, did they make this in front of a live audience? It felt like they did. It was definitely filmed in a studio yeah. with like multi cameras. Yeah, yeah. And when you see the credits, there's like fifty eight camera operators. Like they were obviously shooting shooting it like a sitcom. Yeah. And like Cheers or something or whatever. The seven the, the late seventies, they were a rough time for TV. For sure. I'm just gonna say that. Like I imagine this isn't the most boring thing that was ever put out on television no. at that time. No. I'm sure this is actually pretty in line with everything else that was well, on television Well, even with the Hulk time. ad, I was like, man, didn't the old Hulk shows suck? I think it He's did. He's just like a rip dude. There was no... Oh, no, the old Hulk show was supposed to be really good. Oh, is it good? Yeah. Oh, did I just divide our audience again? Whatever. Damn it. Now, yeah, 2v2 two, two two now. <laughs> it just looks like garbage now. It yeah. may have looked like garbage then, but like the technology was just in an awkward like puberty phase. We went from film on black and white television to like this weird, was like, hey, we have video for the first time. So green screen looks terrible. Everything kind of looks kind of blurry. Like there's like some sort of 
uh, crud on the lens. There's yeah. a lot of ghosting and the lights all look terrible on it. Like you watch season one through five of SNL, just terrible looking. I love the, every time they have a band on and there's like a bass player with the tuning mm-hmm. keys and they're shining off the stage lights. Yeah. They band and they, they like delay yeah. and they streak the footage. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so funny. And it it's like very obviously that era. Yeah. It looks so distinctive. It's like the flaws of the technology became a style in a way. Yeah. And like people try to emulate that now for certain yeah. projects and it, you know, it's hard to do without the actual camera. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Um, any closing thoughts? Uh, cats is good. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. I uh, gotta say, uh, like in recent times, Star Wars, I dare say Star Wars has gone too far. We got too much Star Wars, maybe. Definitely. It's the, a money grab. Money, the Mandalorian, sure. It was pretty good if you watched the whole thing. Baby Yoda, good. It made Star Wars interesting, uh, where um, the rise of Skywalker couldn't make Star Wars interesting. Right. But we got too much Star Wars, and I think Star Wars fans are now kind of just poisoning fan culture a little too much. Yeah. Like The Last Jedi, they they bounced back at that a little too much to the point where they're attacking the stars on the internet, making them uh, want to just go off social media because they're just being too vicious. Also, who gives a fuck? Well, these people clearly, these (sighs) 40-year-old men, I guess. But, um, (sighs) but, I do think the the Star Wars and Cats are very similar because they are like they both kind of originated in the seventies. Mm-hmm. They both are self contained universes which confidently tell you about stuff without going into too much detail, and then you, you kind of just have to buy in. They're um, both. Um, one point I was going to bring up is are both are extremely controversial. Yes, but over something stupid like over nonsense. The Cats, obviously, there's a public uproar. Mm-hmm. maybe it shouldn't have ever been made into a film uh, publicly hated. And then with star Wars hated very bad reviews, but then it yeah. got a cult status and George Lucas bought, he tried to buy every single copy and destroy them. He tried to yeah. remove it from the Canon, um, but he was unsuccessful obviously because we watched good copy last night <laughs> on YouTube for free. Yeah, we did. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's spurred a lot of conversation and controversy yeah. Um, over a source material that's beloved. And I would, I dare say that uh, people are way too obsessed with both. Like if you're a fan of, if you're a big fan of one of them, you're like way too much of a fan of it. You yeah. Know? Fuck. Then you're, the nostalgia for that particular property has kind of poisoned pop culture in a way. Yeah. The fact that this movie came out at all kind of shows like, oh, we're nostalgic for cats. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, there's a big fan base for this. And then it didn't do well. It kind of proved hubris can kind of be your downfall. Mm -hmm. And it was the first piece of art, I think, to prove that hubris is your downfall. (laughs) There never has before been a thing with that as the theme or, you know. Wow, fascinating. Yeah, never has that. That's never happened before. That thesis been proven, yeah. Hubris can be your downfall. I can't think of a single thing. I feel like maybe in the Renaissance there were some self-portraits. Yeah. Like Albrecht Durer. Uh, painted himself as Jesus Christ. And I can't mm-hmm. help but think that was with a massive ego involved. Right. Arguably a hubris. Yes. Um, but again, I don't I don't have the total context. You went of that in piece. a direction that I don't think any <laughs> any single person I, I think I was I think I was to. clearly <laughs> laying out a bit. 
And you were supposed <laughs> to just like knock it out of the park <laughs> by saying, yeah, cats flew too close to the sun <laughs> or cats gouged his own eyes out or something like that. Just like making some explicit literary references. <laughs> but then you went in a direction that nobody could have ever seen coming. A bit of an art nerd. I think in the Renaissance, there were a lot of artists who made pieces purely out of hubris. Van Gogh was a man of many, of, of a lot of hubris, mm -hmm. even though he wasn't very successful until he died. Also, the movie Cats and paintings of the Renaissance, a similarity there, cats are unsettling to look at. <laughs> I don't love them. I don't love cats. I love cats, but I don't love cats. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like Star Wars, but I don't like Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're talking about like black holes and stuff or two stars colliding. Is that what you mean by Star Wars? Yeah. Again, like I think I took it in the direction stars, you didn't no. expect. No, 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 no. That <laughs> was good. Neil deGrasse Tyson stars on that Stars at war with each other or just like physics, I guess, uh -huh. causing like a, a war. Not a yeah. true like intended war, but, but just like causing mayhem. Causing in, mayhem in, in like the galaxy. Conflict in the galaxy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd like to hear Neil deGrasse Tyson sound off on cats. I'm, he, sure, he, I'm sure it would be unpleasant and annoying. Uh, sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's like, cats are not that big, and they don't sing. And it's like, okay, thanks. He, he can have fun, though. Can he? I think he... I, I'm, I'm not super familiar he with He has fun ruining it for others. <laughs> That's his fun. <laughs> Okay, all right. All he right, thinks all right. it's fun. It's like when you make a joke and then somebody explains the punchline back to you in, in an attempt to make a joke back at you. So, yeah, to, to like they elicit the same it. reaction that yeah. the joke was supposed to do, right? Yeah, I have encountered people in my life who you make a joke and then they deconstruct the joke, explain how it would never happen in reality. And then that's, that's the joke. That's their joke. Oh, yeah. It happens on Twitter all the time. No, 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 okay, no. Okay, good. I but thought you were being a... No, it, ha it happens... On the internet. In real life and on the internet, for right. sure. Yeah. Okay. And Neil deGrasse Tyson is that person. Yeah, he made a good living out of it, though. Sure. I mean, he made his living being an astronomer. <laughs> I was going to say astrologer, but I think you'd be very mad to hear me say Astrology? that. Astrology? Yeah, yeah. He's an astronomer. He's like, You're, he, that is such a Taurus is, is he thing not, to do. Uh, let me unpack that. Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> didn't Taurus he... is actually a constellation. Is it? That's It's astrology, you piece of... God, oh yeah, Jesus, Bob. <laughs> I am dumb. Okay, I watched Star Wars, a holiday special last night. And it made you dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it. Um, I am dumb now. I wasn't yesterday. Wasn't he a part of the whatever the group of astronomers who decided that Pluto is no longer a planet because it was oh, I classified? Wouldn't, I wouldn't and, be surprised. Yeah, I think he was. He was. He he maybe didn't make that decision or that call, but he became a large proponent of it, and he 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 made it very public. Yes. And put it into the the like common culture, I think. And are you mad about that? No, I'm 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 indifferent. I think it's total apathy towards the issue. Neil deGrasse Tyson is like Star Wars in that he destroys planets. Uh, it's like a star destroyer, you mean? And it makes people, yeah. yeah oh, yes, yeah. Nice. So he's like a star <laughs> destroyer because, or a, uh, yeah, star the, killer. Or sorry, the de no, the Death Star. Yes. The Death Star, it literally destroys planets. It implodes them and they yeah. get blown up into oblivion. But what Neil deGrasse Tyson does is he destroys them emotionally. He does. He yes. removes their validation and their identity so that they're left just as a husk of what they once were. Mm -hmm. Man. And with what his facial hair and kind of head shape, yeah. kind of has a cat like appearance. Interesting. Yeah. Imagine if he had a cameo on cats. 
Oh, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, I feel like he would have done that. Yeah. Mm. Well, mm. this has been episode 69. Of, Ooh, episode 69. We should do every episode of 69. Oh, that's yeah. funny. It wouldn't, I think that might be a good bit. If we put it online, it'd be funny if every episode was season 420 dash and then the actual season and then episode 69 dash and then the actual ep- episode number. That might be kind of funny. That's good. Do you, do you like that or do you hate that? I like it. Okay, cool. You're not going to like go home later and tell everyone that you think it's a bad idea? I might, but <laughs> that's not for you to know. Like That's the whole point of talking behind someone's back. <laughs> I'm just trying to be real with you. Okay, yeah. anyways. This was good. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Angelicals can, angelicals do. Angelicals do, angelicals can. Angelicals can, angelicals do. Angelicals do, angelicals can. Angelicals can, angelicals do.